All right, I'd like to welcome everybody to the next episode. I believe this is episode four of Real and Unscripted with Fritz Berchi. I got a special guest today, Michael Biddle. Real special. <laughs> he came on the short bus, no. Um, he's somebody I've known for a little while now. Uh, got to know him in the motorcycling world, actually. Um, and I know that he owned a gym here in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin called the Unified Martial Arts. He was actually a fighter for himself for a while and then went on coaching, has done some really good things for this community. And we're not sure where this show is going to go. As you know, it's unscripted for a reason. Um, so we'll see where it goes. But uh, Michael, why don't you say hi to everybody? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I know that you got rid of the gym recently. You sold it because we had had small conversations about it that uh, – it was just a lot of time and it was consuming a lot of time, but how, how did that gym come apart or come about? I mean, you, I know you fought younger. Mm -hmm. What got you into fighting? Uh, well, I was, I was working on car graphics with a guy from Poland who actually did uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and he didn't have anybody to train with. And he asked me if I wanted to try it. And I was, I was, I worked, I was working out. Like I worked out and was, uh, into working out. And, uh, he was like, well, you could look tough or you could be tough. And I was like, well, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> and, uh, so he basically whooped my ass in his living room for like six months. Um, and then he went to back to Poland and then I found a group that was doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu here in Fond du Lac. Um, and then I think we were in that group for a couple of years, I think. And the guy that was running it kind of disappeared. And that was me and Jason Burroughs were kind of running this. It was a club. Uh -huh. It was just a club that you showed up twice a week and did Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And I wanted to fight. Um, I know Jason had aspirations to fight also. And um, so we needed more. And we needed more days and we needed more training partners. And he, Jason thought um, not only could we do the, you know, get more training partners and, and get more time to train, but we could also make money doing it. Um, and so that's what we did. So we opened Unified Martial Arts in 2007. When did you start competing? 2005. 2005? Yeah. So, um, I trained 2004, 2005, 2006. I was competing in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and kickboxing in um, 2005. Uh, MMA, I started in 2007. And I was fighting, so basically fighting from 2005 was my first uh, kickboxing fight. Uh -huh. To uh, my last fight was 2011. So when did you start coaching? I was coaching all the way through. So all the way through you yeah, were coaching? Like, well, when I was first started competing and when I first started fighting, um, I didn't have a coach. I was the coach. So, um, you know, you're never going to be as good if you're your own coach. Right. And MMA is such a, a selfish sport. Like it has to be. It has to be all about you if you're going to be the best that you can be. Um, and you know, I, 
I had 10 mixed martial arts fights. Um, I won six of them. And um, had I, I mean, could I have been better? Sure. Um, if I had a coach and I had a, you know, but that's fine. I was a much better coach than a, than a fighter anyway. Um, sometimes know. that's true in life though, too. I mean, sometimes you find people, I know in, in most industries, you get people that are like really good mechanics or really good salespeople. And then all of a sudden they put them in these leadership positions and they suck as leaders because mm -hmm. they right. just, they can't do it. Right. And I don't think, I think that sometimes the world is really convoluted in what they think a leader has to be. They have to be perfect at their craft or their art. Mm -hmm. When in actuality, to be a good coach doesn't mean that you have to be good at what you did. You just have to understand it. Right. Right. And I mean, there's, you know, and it, obviously you can look at a person's resume, uh, their accolades as a fighter and say they were, they won these championships and they did this and they did that. And then they go on to coach and then their students don't do well or their gym fails. Um, but I mean, I, I coached, uh, guys on the highest level of mixed martial arts. Um, you know, Bellator, Dana White's contender series, UFC. Um, we've had, I think 13 or 14, uh, mixed martial arts champions that I've coached. Um, Muay Thai champions. Uh, I've, I know anybody that's came to my gym that put the time in was successful. Um, you know, just uh, I tell, I tell, like tell students or fighters this too. I'm like, I'm not teaching you how to fight. I'm teaching you how to fucking win. That's what we're doing here. Like nobody gives a shit about losing. We want to fucking win. And in fighting, if you don't win, you're probably getting hurt on top of losing. So you don't want either one of those things. And I take that very seriously, not just the winning aspect, but the fact that you're dealing with somebody's life. Like they, this is a fight. Right. Like they could possibly die. Right. It doesn't happen very often, but it can happen. Right. And people get, um, you know, people get hurt and get hurt to the point where something might affect them their whole life also. I mean, maybe it's not that serious, but still they're walking away with an injury that's going to last their, the rest of their life. And I take that. I always took that aspect of coaching uh, mixed martial arts very seriously. Um, that's a good, let's, you know, let's, let's segue off that. Cause this is really good. So a lot of what I do on this show is really, giving away quality content so people can improve their life or just think of different things in their life that they wouldn't normally think of. Like I did a show on choices and how important choices are because you can literally wake up in the morning and choose if you're going to have a fucked up day, or if you're going to have a good day. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, you're talking about training people to win because if they lose, they can get hurt. How do you think that translates into like everyday life? Like I, I, I so hate participation trophies mm -hmm. and the right. fact that losing is okay mm -hmm. because for me, life is really black and white. It's like you're either winning or you're losing. Mm -hmm. Now I don't like to look at losing as a negative connotation. It's more like experiences and learning. Mm -hmm. You're just learning how not to lose. Right. Mm -hmm. 
But with that mentality that you taught so many of your students and your fighters, how does that translate for you in life? And how did that translate for your fighters in life? I think it's, uh, it's motivating one. Cause like not everybody is a hundred percent self-motivated. I mean, people aren't, people are okay with, and everybody gets stuck in their own shit. Like get up for work every day, come home and you watch TV and you go to bed. Right. You know, I don't do that. I'm not, I'll never be that guy. Um, and that has changed the course of my life. And, um, because I was not anybody doing anything productive um, when I was 19, 20, 21, 22 years old. Um, nothing. Um, you know, there was a lot of shit in my past that was, you know, it's not good. And uh, I was looking at being in prison forever or, or just straight up being a bum, being homeless. And... Um, I changed the, the, the mentality is always, um, whatever you can do today, do it. If you can do it, get it done. If you can, you know what I mean? Like, it's always like a, for me, it's always feels like I didn't get enough done now. And that wasn't always the case, but you got to change your way of thinking. Like, right. and that's that winning mentality. Like we're not here to fucking participate. We're here to fucking win. Right. And that literally translates to so many things from people's lives. Um, Absolutely. Like I have, I had a student that was dude, the kid was, was a, a good fighter. And, uh, you know, uh, I trained him for a long time and he actually, when he came to the gym, he had anxiety problems. He had to take medication. He was this and that and the other thing. And, and he was always nervous and worried. And, and I was like, at first, you know, it's hard to deal with somebody like that because it's, uh, I'm not, I wasn't used to it. I didn't know. I didn't know how to deal with somebody like that. And my, you know, my coaching style is scream at you until you fucking do what I tell you to do. You know what I mean? Like, um, and that's not always the best approach, obviously. And you, you don't know that when you first start coaching, Sure. but literally within two years of him, uh, training at my gym and fighting and and being around me, he stopped taking anxiety medication. He didn't need it anymore. He doesn't he doesn't worry about anything. And he said to me, he's like, you know what, man? You know what? You ever remember what you told me? And I was like, I'm like, I probably told you a lot of shit. No, I don't fucking remember. <laughs> he said, you told me that every time I walk in a room, act like I'm the most important motherfucker there. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, and he's like, since that fucking day, I have not needed my anxiety medication. I have not worried about what any motherfucker thought. I literally think when I go in this room that, you know, these people have to introduce themselves to me, not the other way around. Whereas before I was worried and didn't want to engage and didn't want to be around people. And that in itself is a winning attitude. And it sounds cocky and it sounds uh maybe a little uh, arrogant but you know that mindset puts you uh above what you previously were like it puts you on a different level right because 
Um, like I said, people, when you first come in to meet new people, people can tell if you're, you don't want to talk to them. People can tell if you're slouched and you're, and you're nervous or you're sure. anxious. But if you walk in there and, and you don't give a shit either way, well, here, you know, you know, shake your hand and say hi. And if you, you know, if you want to talk to me, fine, don't, you know, awesome. But if you don't, well, fuck you, yeah, I don't care. And that's how um, I approach things. And that's how, I mean, you obviously know. <laughs> um, I do. <laughs> and, um, but just that whole, that whole way of thinking changed his life. You know what I mean? Like, think about that. Stop taking fucking lorazepam, fucking like medication, like not, not like some like sleeping pills, like full on medicine for anxiety. Right. And it didn't take a fucking doctor. It took a, a mindset. It, it took a mindset. And that's unbelievable. That's how powerful the mind really is. Right. That's why, you know, we just, uh, so a partner of mine, Kim Golski and us, we do this series on Wednesday nights called own your life. And that's really a lot of what we're teaching is this whole mindset and self-talk and your language and how important words really is, you know, that whole adage of sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. It's just shit because <laughs> words do hurt. Yeah. And I don't really think that people really understand that the language that they tell themselves on a daily basis hurts them mm -hmm. and keeps them in a bad state, keeps them with negative things always happening to them. And you can walk around. We see it all day long. The people that are ornery, they walk shoulders slumped, their heads are down. They have this real monotone, everything's all right kind of voice. And just if, you know, if they could just change like that student of yours did where, you know, you kept telling him, be the most important person in the room and act that way, what, what really happened is you conditioned a behavior where he felt very confident and just attracted. And I'm sure he's successful now yes. because he attracts that now. Mm -hmm. And people don't really understand that you attract the shit you speak. Mm -hmm. So if you want corn, don't plant apple seeds. You ain't <laughs> going to get it. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. And I think the world could learn so much. And I think there's a serious craving out there. And I love to say this, but I, I think too many people, especially young people today, they walk around with that fucking like button above their head waiting for somebody to hit it. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's just not life. That's right. not what we do. Right. Like they need somebody else to validate, validate it for them. Yeah. And it's like, exactly. you don't need anybody else to validate shit. Like you, I mean, man, it doesn't matter how many good things you do. There's always going to be the person that dwells on the one bad thing that you did. So if you're always waiting for somebody else to validate your success or validate how you, however you consider your um, happiness or your success to be like, you're going to, you'll die before that happens, you know, because it just ain't going to happen. You have to be able to 
um, validated for yourself in a sense. And that, I think that comes along with not, not really, not caring so much what people think because there's always going to be somebody that don't like what you're doing. People are always talking about you. They're always thinking about you. Exactly. Like that's always going to happen. It don't matter who, it doesn't matter who you are. Like, like you're not like you can be like, I don't consider myself important or, or anybody that anybody should give a shit about. But you know, you're always going to have somebody who's like, Oh, so-and-so said this or so-and-so said that or this and that. And I'm like, if you think I give a flying fuck, what anybody (laughs) thinks about me, you are fucking wrong. Like, and anybody that knows me is going to tell that person straight up that I don't give a shit. Exactly. Because I don't, and I, I never will. Um, and not because I don't like people or not because I'm crabby fucking guy or I'm arrogant or I'm fucking, I mean, I'm probably, I'm arrogant and probably am a fucking douchebag sometimes like everybody. Um, but you can't let all this other negative shit get you down because it, it's endless. It's endless. Like, you know, you, you fucking work at Harley Davidson. I mean, people come in and they're pissed all the time, I'm sure. You know, like people are pissed and it ain't half the time. It ain't nothing you can do about it. And half the time it ain't your fucking fault, but you got to deal with it. But if you let that constant barrage of bullshit get to you, you're never going to be happy. You'll never, and you'll never think that you can accomplish anything either. If you listen to what other people say, because what is the first thing, even your fucking family members, people close to you, all these people, when you come to them with an idea, there's going to be three out of the four people. Oh, you can't do that. Are you sure you can do that? I don't know. That's uh, blah, 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 blah. There's only going to be one supportive person out of four. Yeah. How many dreams are killed because right. of that? And if you listen to that all the time, you will never fucking do anything. Like when I started Unify Martial Arts, oh, you're not this. You're not that. You're not a black belt in this. You can't do this. You don't know what you're talking about. Blah, 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 blah. 15 years later. I was still doing it. I was making champions. I was doing every single fucking thing that they said I couldn't do and that I wouldn't do. I did all of it. And um, not because I'm anybody special, not because I'm, I, you know, I won, I don't quit. And two, I didn't let anybody tell me no. You just didn't listen to the noise. Right. That's it. That's (laughs) all. That's all it was. Like I could have listened to all these people say all this shit and, and, and I would have never probably opened the gym. Shit. Even with fighting when you, in 2005, mixed martial arts was not what it is today. No, it was not. Uh, they're like, you do what? <laughs> like, well, you know, we get in the cage and fight people. And we're like, you're a fucking idiot. You're a moron. You're a complete moron. And you're probably psycho. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, and even then I didn't listen to that either, you know, but, um, in, I'll tell you this in probably 1999, I was homeless. Didn't have a fucking thing. Was looking at, um, every kind of bleak outlook like life outlook that you could have that that was me and try and I got in trouble constantly 
growing up, you know, all the way up to 18, 19, 20 years old. And in 2015, I'm sitting in Scott Walker's fucking suite at Lambeau Field at a football game with him. Wow. What does that fucking tell you? And I don't even like Scott Walker. <laughs> but my kid wanted his fucking picture taken. So I'm like, all right, fine. You can have, but I'm not getting my picture taken with him. But, um, you know, that's in 15 years, you go from one side of, side of the fence all the way to the other side of the fence. I mean, think about that. And, you know, and I'm not... I'm still, I'm not nobody fucking special. I'm not a fucking rich guy sitting on a hill telling people this, that, and the other thing. I was, I ne- never had a bunch of money when I started my business. We started it with no money, literally enough money to pay for the mats. And I think we were probably even late on the first month's rent because we didn't have any fucking money. And um, built it into two locations and, you know, Students, I mean, probably in March of last year, or I want to say February, March of last year was the biggest the gym was ever has ever been. Wow. And, um, but, you know, at some point, I don't, I don't, I didn't want to own a gym anymore. I want to do other things. Right. And the only way to do other things is to let this go. And no matter what, no matter how much time I knew that I put into this and no matter what happened with this, I feel like I did everything that uh, I needed to do with it to make it what it is. And I feel like um, after that, I don't owe it anything anymore. If that makes sense. It does. I felt like I owed mixed martial arts my dues. I felt like I owed unified martial arts my dues. Because of what it did for your life? Right. I feel like I owed it that. Yeah. And um, and once I felt like I didn't owe anymore, I wanted to do other things. And um, now I'm going to do those things. Then some tells me you'll probably be successful at them because – Pretty sure you're probably going to have the same damn mindset going into all of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do those things, you know. I, I'm Same thing. I'm, there'll be somebody that will tell me I can't do it. There'll be somebody that tell me not to do it. Always is. But fuck that. Always <laughs> is. I've heard it many times in my own life. So fuck yeah. You know, but I wouldn't be where I am today if I'd listened to it. Mm-hmm. Right. There's no way. And... I, and I just, and you, you talk about it too on your show about choices and, and, uh, you know, like on your, I think it, I'm not sure if it was the last one or the one before that, but it was, you make your own fucking choices. Yeah. You, no matter what is happening around you, no matter what this person says or this person does or this, or this, or this, it's still up to you. Absolutely. It's still, Yes. This person over here might make it fucking harder for you to get this, what you want. But eventually this person will get sick or just run out of resources 
to fucking not let you get what you want. Correct. And then you get what you want. And yeah, sometimes it takes a bunch of bullshit and it takes a lot of fucking fighting and it takes this and it takes that. But I tell people this too all the time. It's, it's about how bad you want it. It ain't, it's not about, oh, I tried one time and they said no and you got your fucking little hand slapped and you walked away and cried. Like, no. Yeah, you're going to get fucking go with it. They're going to say no, 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 no. Guess what? Eventually, that's going to go away and they're going to say yes. You know, and it, I've seen it. I've done it lots of times. People will be like, at first, maybe they don't. At first, maybe somebody doesn't understand what you're fucking about or they don't understand what you're trying to do. So they're going to say no or they don't like something. But this is in life in general. People want to see like how much you're willing to do to accomplish something. Absolutely. And whether it's your boss or your teacher or your. What or what the fuck? Doesn't ever. matter. Right. Eventually, people are like, this motherfucker don't quit. And exactly. you're you're gonna gain respect for not quitting. And two, the door will open eventually. Absolutely. And but people they don't wanna they don't wanna try that hard. Well it's because we live in a microwave society. So if it doesn't happen now, it probably is gonna happen. Right. And people okay. don't understand you got to put, if it was easy, we'd have a world full of amazing, accomplished people. <laughs> right. And, and we don't because right. the shit ain't easy. Right. You know, and, yeah. and we see it all the time. You see it all the time. I'm sure you've had students that came in, failed and walked out because it was too hard. Right. You know, and, you know, I, I honestly being, being the physical guy I am and, and, playing sports, you know, that cage, I could totally see how metaphorically that cage could be life, mm -hmm. oh, you yeah. know, and Absolutely. if you walk into that and you either are walking out on top or you're walking out defeated. And when you walk out defeated, what are you going to do when you come back? I mean, look at what Conor McGregor just did. Mm -hmm. yep. I mean, he was, he was done in my eyes. It looked like he was done. Mm -hmm. And he took the time off and did what he needed to do for himself, got his mind right, and he came back. Mm -hmm. And I think he's going to be back for a little while now because of that. I think he's got his head on right now. It seems that way. It seems that. I know you're not a big fan, but. Hey, I. I'm, I'm a fan of watching people. I'm a fan of. Improve. Conor McGregor's mindset. Um, I am a fan of the fact that he has raised the bar for. Fighters getting paid. Yes. Because these guys are in a sport that, you know, maybe you're not, maybe just because you don't die doesn't mean you're not going to get your arm broke or your fucking leg broke or injuries that are going to cost a lot of money to get fixed. And you know, if you're fighting for $50,000, yeah, that sounds like a lot of money. But if you break your fucking arm, you just spent it on that. Exactly. And that's not fucking fair. Um, and, you know, 
when you're looking at the pay scale of boxers making millions per fight and these guys making 25 grand, there's guys in the UFC that get paid $25,000 a fight. That's the top level. The, the top level is the UFC, right? And yes, Conor McGregor makes millions and millions of fucking dollars. But the guy on the bottom, on the underground, on the undercard, he don't fucking make millions of fucking dollars. Right. You know, he makes enough money to pay for his training camp, a couple other fucking things, and then maybe have some fucking money left over. He's looking for that shot. Right. But you, you're not, you know, that has to become higher that pay has to become higher like it's not it's just not enough right and when you're talking about the ufc sold sold to uh emg or wmg or whatever the name of the company is i can't remember for four billion dollars we're talking you're telling me you can't afford to pay this guy 20 grand more than than what he's getting paid when you just sold the company four billion fucking dollars no, that's, that's bullshit. Um, so I'm a fan of, of that part, you know, the talking and, and that stuff and that's how he did it and that's fine. But, you know, I'm just not a huge fan of that. Um, and that's fine. I mean, whatever. I don't, I don't have to be, I don't care if I, you know, you can be a fan. That's cool. We had, when we were at the damn fight, Hold on. we'll be right back. All right, we're back with the second half of that show, <laughs> seeing how it stopped out on us. But uh, we're going to pick up right where we left off. If you remember. I don't remember. I forgot. Um, we were talking about Conor McGregor raising the oh, fees yeah. of the right. fighters. Or Making the it possible for fighters to get paid more, which is awesome. Um, but, you know, some of the antics that went along with it and and the you know he's getting in trouble and doing a bunch of other shit which seems like that's not going to be an issue anymore but you know obviously somebody who started mma in 2005 when um it wasn't popular like that we just want to see you fight we don't really care about what you have to say and i mean that's obviously not true everywhere but um, for me, being somewhat old school MMA, you know, show me, don't tell me. I don't care what you say. You know, all you, I, I tell that to everybody. I tell it to my students. I tell it to a lot of people. They're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm like, don't tell me, show me. Yeah, but that, that's, that's in anything in life. I don't care if you're a student, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a manager, if you're a regular employee looking for a management spot, a leadership spot, I don't care if you're a father telling your kid, I don't, it doesn't matter what it is. You got to show mm -hmm. you can't, right. it's okay to say, this is what I'm going to do, but then you need to back it up and do it. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's too many people in this life that don't do that mm -hmm. way, way too many people. Oh, yeah. And, the, and the thing that trips me out is, the all these so-called <laughs> you, you see them on social media where they're taking pictures in front of these cars or taking pictures on top of this hill or things like that and they literally go out to do an activity they don't really enjoy just to take the freaking selfie <laughs> so that they can post it on social media and i think it's sad that our world has actually come to that point 
where and then again it's all about that stupid fucking like button oh yeah and it's like when are we going to just start chasing happiness and stop chasing validity for a life that people think you're living i mean just chase the happiness that's you know that's what to me, that's what success, at least the beginning stages of success, is, is being happy. I don't think it's tied to money at all. Does money make choices? Absolutely. But I don't think it's about the money. I mean, what good is money if you're not happy? Well, money is always good, whether you're happy <laughs> or not. But, um, yeah, like, if you, you know, you're stuck in, in the, doing something that you hate every day and it makes you miserable... Get the hell out. Good. Go. Yeah. If you can't (laughs) handle it, then get out of it. You know, if you hate it so much that it's affecting your everyday life, then yeah, you got to get, you got to do something else. But I don't think people are, I don't think people are strong enough to do that. I mean, like the beginning of the show, when you were talking about your student and, and the way you changed him and even you, you know, to get out of where you were at, you had, you changed your mindset. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people have the ability to change the mindset because they listen to too much of the damn noise. Right. It's not just that too. People, it's your mindset. It's also about trying to, how bad do you want something else? Like you don't, you hate your job, but you don't want, you don't have anything else that you want enough that you are willing to do what it takes to get that. Does that make sense? Like, I fucking hate working at this place, blah, 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 blah. Well, you could, I mean, you can go over here, but you're going to have to take a few steps. People aren't willing to take those steps. Right. You know, you're just not. And some people, you know, whatever it may be, you got 30 fucking kids and you, you can't go to school two nights a week or you can't, you know what I mean? Or people are uneducated as far as what, their options are. Yeah, but if you want something bad enough, like you said, right, you're gonna find you it. find a way to right. do it. Eric Thomas talks about success and breathing. If you want it bad enough, you know, when if you're being held underwater and you want to breathe, you're kicking and screaming because you need to breathe, right? Mm-hmm. You're under freaking water. You can't breathe. Mm-hmm. When you want success and you want something that bad, that's when you're going to get it. Right. And I, I think that people – if their mindset is so negative to the point where they're not even willing to look or they're, they're just in that funk where all you want to do is bitch about it, but you don't want to do anything about it. Well, that's your fucking fault. You know, that is. And whether you, you know, and like I was saying before, like, yeah, you, you know, you got kids or this and then you got to go to school or you'd have to go to school to do this or do that. Well, you can do it. You're just not doing it. You're choosing not to fucking do it. Well, Talk fuck about you. that choice thing. Fuck again, you. Huh? Fuck you. You know, and I say that to people all the fucking time. I've said that to my students since I started teaching. I say it to people that I talk to um, about um, people talk to me about starting businesses and about um, doing different things. And, and I'm like, like, well, I can't do that. Well, first of all, don't say you can't fucking do it. Because I hate that word. I, I really don't like the word you can't. You cannot say <laughs> that you can't fucking do it. Like, that's going to be your, the, the right there. You just say yourself. Well, you're done. Right. The minute you say, you say that, you're done. Right. And, like, don't say that you can't do it. 
Try to find every single possible fucking way that you can get there. Think about that. Find it. You can find anything on the fucking internet. Literally, you can find a way out of anything. It's changed the game. Right. That's for damn sure. You know, if you want to research it, if you are willing to spend the time researching and and doing what you got to do, you can do just about anything. But you got to stop watching fucking TV sometimes. You got to stop, uh, you know, do what, fucking sleeping. Like, stop falling asleep in your fucking recliner at 7 o'clock at fucking night sometimes. You like, know, you gotta, I sat down two years ago and I stopped watching football two years ago. And I love football. I mean, I played it for eight years in the semi-pro league. I mean, I love that sport, right? And I sat down and I figured out how much time a season I was spending watching football. And it came out to like 65, 70 hours. Mm -hmm. That's like a week's worth of work. Mm -hmm. For what? To watch what? Mm -hmm. And get upset over shit (laughs) I can't control. (laughs) And get wrapped up in that whole noise, if you will. And then the water cooler talk and they get all riled up again. (laughs) And I was just like, when I really sat back and took this look at my life and what was going on and things I wanted to accomplish, I'm like, it's such a waste of freaking time, you know? And it was a commitment to do that, but I haven't watched. I watched one half of football in two years. That's all I've watched. And I know the Super Bowls today. I have no interest. I don't even, even if the Packers were there or my team, Steelers, even if they were there, I still wouldn't. This interview is over. (laughs) Fucking Steelers? I wouldn't watch it. I gotta go. It just, I just, it was, it wasn't worth the time for me to accomplish the things I want to accomplish in life. And then you were just saying, you know, you gotta put down TV or you gotta, you know, you gotta change things. If you're going to get what you want, you have to make adjustments. And Mm -hmm. that's, I think a lot of that big difference too, is a lot of people are not willing to give up those comforts to be uncomfortable. But what they don't realize is that everything, I mean, I mean, literally every freaking thing you want in life is on the other side of that comfort zone. Yep. Everything. Absolutely. It is. Um, and that that's comes to uh, that's a, a the point that I want to talk about. It has to do with your mindset, and it has to do with your um, thinking you can't do something. Or I get people who and and anybody who has anything that somebody wants will get this. It is a person that comes up to you and says, "It must be nice." And I can't fucking stand that because I'm not any different than that person that's saying that to me. And in fact, I'd be willing to bet that they've probably had more opportunities than I have. I'd be willing to bet that they probably had plenty of uh, times staring them in the face where they could have made a big change in their life and did something that they really wanted to do. And they slept in. They didn't feel like doing it. And they're fucking watching TV, drinking, or something else. Right. And, um, you know, like, oh, it must be nice. You you got to do this. And I'm like, I got to do that? <laughs> yeah, I got to do that. Because of 
all the other bullshit that I had to fucking go through to get there. Right. That you aren't willing to do. Like I was willing to um, help people out when nobody else would. I was willing to, uh, you know, I'd be in a situation where I know right now this really fucking sucks, but it's going to fucking pay off. I've been in that a lot of times. And, you know, um, people don't, they just don't, they just want to go, oh, it must be nice. 99% of the time, it ain't fucking nice. 99% of the time, I'm the guy that's either, I wouldn't say suffering, but I'm the guy that's holding the shit together for everybody else. And that's why I get to fucking do what I do. Not because I just woke up and was like, hey, everything is great every day. It ain't like that. It ain't fucking like that at all. And people don't understand that. It takes a whole lot of uncomfortableness mm-hmm. to get the things that you fucking really want. Mm-hmm. And they don't get it. And they just want to chalk it up to you're lucky. It must be fucking nice. You know, this, that, and other thing. And I can't fucking stand that. And I like people say that shit to me. And obviously I'm not going to go off on a fucking tangent on somebody or get real excited about it. Um, but you know, when you hear that, you just think it's not, and it wasn't easy and it, it's not really that nice. Everybody but, has the same 24 hours right. and everybody puts their underwear on at the same time. Right. Pretty sure everybody does one leg at a time. I mean, unless you don't wear underwear. Unless you don't wear underwear. <laughs> but like you, but how it, do you but get it, away it is. With, how we do you all, get away we're all with... even every morning when right. we wake up. It's right. what do you do with that damn time? Right. And like, how do you get away with like, discounting somebody's success to it must be nice or we're not all as lucky as you. Like what? Because they don't understand. Get the fuck out of here. They don't understand at all that it takes hard work. Right. Anything worth having in this life is hard ass work Mm -hmm. and you just can't quit. And, or you'll have those people that are motivated to go Mm -hmm. and they're doing the things they need to do. And it's getting harder and harder. And then they quit. Mm-hmm. And when they quit, it was like it was right so around the it corner. Was so close. It's it was like so it close. was like one more day or right. one more week or right. one more month, and it would have been there. Right. And you just gotta wonder how many opportunities were missed, not because the work wasn't put in, but because they quit right at that pinnacle right. point. Of having it. And even as a fighter, I'm sure there were times in that ring or in the cage that, you know, you might have been really tired, probably didn't train, probably should have trained two more days or three more days for it. And you're like exhausted, you're feeling beat up, you're hurting, but you kept going mm-hmm. and you wound up winning. Right. But you could have gave up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, um, like you said, that's being in the cage is like, it's the same as life. It's the same shit. It's just uh, sometimes you got to want it more than the other person. Yeah. You know? And if you're in, 
And my, my fighting style is like, I don't recommend to anybody. It's just keep coming at you till you're sick of fucking hitting me. And then I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And I don't recommend that. It's not good. It's not conducive to a long fighting career at all. So, you know, I don't tell people to do that, but, uh, the, the mind, the mindset of that, you know, is just, I want it more than you do, you know? And even, you know, my losses I had, uh, I got choked out one time. It was my first fight I lost and I got choked out and, um, after that, I lost. The only way I lost was split decision. So every time I lost, one of the judges thought that I won. So maybe I, you know, and I'm not saying that I won those fights or that, that they were wrong or anything like that, but I tried hard enough that one of the judges thought that I won. Um, and again, that comes down to the whole, I'm, you know, I'm not going to quit and I'm just going to keep coming until you, until you don't want to fight anymore. And, um, it doesn't so, sound like you ever entered the cage trying, <laughs> I know you just said you tried. I don't think it doesn't sound like you ever went in trying. You laid it all on the line every single time. Well, right. Yeah. Every time. Um, so that's the same thing that you got to do with anything, whether it's starting your own business or trying to, keep, you know, move up the ladder at work or what, whatever you want, you know. Um, and I think that, too, once you, once you change that, change that mindset about you and you realize that like the things that you want are available to you. And, but another thing that people don't realize is that they're worth it. Like people don't realize that they are worth putting that time in. Yes. Like they don't put enough into their own self worth. Like you are worth everything, like everything that you could accomplish your worth. Like do it, do it, just fucking do it. Why do you think, why do you think people hold back? I mean, I have my ideas, but why do you think people hold back? Well, I, I think, you know, it comes down to, they think for whatever reason, they think they can't for, they have people telling them they can't. People also don't want to take risks. Mm -hmm. You don't want to risk. What about the person that had a shitty upbringing? Do you think they have an excuse not to? Absolutely not. Because um, they're not really a product of their environment. Unless they allow it. Right. Which because is that choice. I mean, you're either going to choose to be like your upbringing or you're going to choose to be different. I mean, we, we, see, that. we see them all the time. The rap artists, the athletes that came from nothing. And I right. mean, look at the Williams sisters. I mean, right. and they, they were in Compton for Christ's sakes. Right. And, and they chose not to be like that. Exactly. You know, um, and I could, I mean, I can say the same thing. I'm not, my upbringing was, uh, 
if we have a word for it, but uh, I don't want to really get into it, but let's just say not ideal. Right. And um, you can go this way or you can go that way. And I was going the wrong way, straight up. And I could have easily done that and just gone the wrong fucking way. And, uh, you know, it literally just came down to the fact that I knew that I wanted and always thought that you're worth more than this. You're not this. You're not. And... Again, you're making, you're thinking in your mind, yeah, I'm this and I'm that and I'm somebody special, but you're making the choices of somebody who's not that. You're making the choices of somebody who's going absolutely fucking nowhere. So there comes your, you know, anybody can, even if you're fucking born into the richest fucking whatever or the nicest parents or the this and that, those people fuck up too. Those people have fucked up lives too. Those people fuck it up. They fuck it up. But people don't look at that. Right. People think it's all rosy. So like your, your upbringing, I mean, yeah, there's going to be situations where like shit, like uh, subconsciously probably they're always going to be in there because of whatever you have abuse well, yeah. or, or neglect or, or just that and the other thing. Those always impact your model right. of the world. Right. Um, but again – That doesn't mean that you get to fucking lay in your bed all day and be fucking sad. Right. Like you have to do something. And, you know, I guess you can, you can make an argument for, uh, depression and all, and all these other things. And obviously I'm not going to come on here and diss depressed people or anything like that. Um, but People make it happen, whether they're depressed, whether they're um, had terrible upbringings, whether they have a injury, they only got one fucking arm or whatever. Like you always, you see it. There are people that will make it happen. And that's a mindset. That's not anything other than a mindset at that point. Oh, I, I, I agree. I think, I do think that there is some medical mental health illness out there mm-hmm. for sure. But I think a majority of it is pure mindset. I think a lot of people hop on that label because it just ain't feeling well. And I'm not dissing anybody with it. I mean, you know, I do those 22 pushups every single day for mental health illness, PTSD, and and to do suicide prevention. But, you know, I I really think it it has a lot to do with mindset. I've read the books. I've listened to the guys talk about how they were depressed and they changed their mindset and now they're living these lives and they're giving back, you know, that's one of the whole reasons that I'm chasing what I'm chasing now is because, you know, I started this podcast because it's time for me to give back. Kind of like you do in the gym. It's mm-hmm. time. I Thursday was 34 years of sobriety and being clean, you know, cause I was down that path. Mm-hmm. I was doing that. And you know, the studying that I've been doing and, and just the life that I've lived and the, the hardships that I've had, 
And my mom even said to me, she goes, you know, obviously she's going to tell me how proud she is of me. But she was saying, you know, that must have been really hard. And honestly, quitting drinking wasn't hard. Because like you said, I knew I was worth more than what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Deep down in my core, I knew it. So that was my driver. So no matter the divorces I went through, the losses of the businesses that I've had, anything that happened in my life, drinking was never an option to go back down that road. Mm -hmm. One, it, I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to pick up where I left off because it was a really shitty place. And two, I knew I would lose everything that I had at that current moment. And it just wasn't worth it because I know I'm worth more. Mm -hmm. I know I'm worth it. And that's a self-confidence thing. And it didn't happen overnight. It was years and years and years of getting there. But, you know, again, like we've said many times already today, nothing in this life worth having is going to happen overnight and without its pains, its agonies, and then its joy and its successes too. Mm-hmm along the way but yeah this has been a wild show man I, this has been a really good show <laughs> people don't tune into this one they're missing out <laughs> i don't know nobody wants to hear what i'm saying <laughs> like no. that's biddle talking again <laughs> shut the fuck up that's all he ever does he doesn't shut up no i really appreciate you coming on the show today um i'm glad you reached out to me and said hey i'd be interested because i took you up on it right away um yeah, I was kind of, I was like, I was like, I don't know. I said, like, it's a good show and it deals with things that I, that I relate to for sure. And, uh, well, there's definitely a passion there for you, but I was like, I don't know if Fritz wants to be on this show swearing and being a dickhead. Well, <laughs> it's unscripted and it's real for a reason. Yeah. So no, I really appreciate you being on the show. We'll definitely have you on again sometime in the future and, uh, check this podcast podcast out. Wait for the next one. Um, this is definitely in two sections. So if you didn't miss, if you missed the first part of this, go back to the episode before this and catch it because we ran out of time. So we had to stop and start it again. Um, but, you know, as I said in my introductory, this is going to be a show of evolution. It's going to have its high points. It's going to have its low points. It's going to have its failures. Um, but all in all, the content is going to be worth it. And, if somebody grabbed anything from today's show, which I would find really hard if they didn't, um, you know, just do it. it. Today, I guess, was all about mindset. We talked a lot about it. Um, we talked about a lot about a lot of stuff, but mindset is definitely the one. So in closing here, Coach Biddle, <laughs> what would be one final thought you would want to leave with the listeners? Like we said, you know, you're you're worth it. Do it like you're worth it. Don't let people tell you fucking no. Don't let people uh, persuade you out of your goals. You have a fucking goal, you know. Uh, nobody, nobody else sees it the way you do, anyway. So you need to not worry about what this person or that person or this, you know, is saying. You know, you need to just realize that you're if it's your goal and you can see it clearly and you know that you can get to it do it even if you think you can't get to it try um you know you you just never know it just, 
it might work out faster than you think. And you're like, well, holy shit, that was easy. Yeah. And then you can go on to something else. Right. And uh, like, you know, we are talking about the entire show. Just, you know, it's all about in your head, you have to realize that you can do anything you want to do. And it's always just on that other side of being uncomfortable. And that's huge because it is, it's, it's always the sleepless night after sleepless night or, or, you know, I don't have, right now I don't have the fucking money to buy a bunch of nice shit or look cool on fake fucking Facebook. Um, you know, but that time will equal or will get you to where you want to go, but you're going to have to deal with and deal with it for now. But you'll get there. You just got to not quit and just not listen to what other people have to say. I think that's it. All right. <laughs> Thanks again, Mike, for being on the show. Woo! And we didn't even talk usual. about fucking motorcycles today. <laughs> We're motorcycle. We are Harley Davidson men, and we did not talk about fucking motorcycles at all. But uh, love you guys. Like he said, man, you're worth it. So go out and make that shit happen. Until next time. Woo! <laughs>